0: Hey, hey! Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod. This is episode 3, Thursday, September 13th. And we are coming off the first weekend of the year, or of this fall at least, with both college football and NFL. And what a weekend it was. It was a tough one if you're a Bears fan. That Sunday night game, that one goes down as an all-timer. But I think we can all agree that we should take solace in the fact that The Bears showed a lot of upside in that game, so this is going to be a more exciting season than we originally anticipated, even after getting Khalil Mack, so we got that going for us, guys. Anyway, in terms of this podcast, we're still in the beginning stages, so bear with me here, but like I've said from the beginning, the plan is to come out with an episode either Tuesday or Wednesday of each week. I know this is Thursday morning, but it's been kind of a hectic week and I'm trying to figure everything out, but then I want to... Besides that first episode, I'm going to have another episode, a shorter one, an even shorter one, on either Friday or Saturday morning with picks and analysis. So that's the plan going forward. For any updates, go to Doggy Juice on Twitter or Instagram. And thanks to anybody who's already followed on Instagram or Twitter as well. So for this episode, we're going to do a quick recap of last week. I'll spew a little discourse on betting philosophy and how I view the future of sports betting in America. And then we'll get right to the upcoming card in college football week three and NFL week two. And I also have a special announcement that I want to make. Um, I'm going to announce it towards the end of the show. I'm going to keep it a surprise for now, but it does involve an opportunity for you to make some money. That's all I'll say. But you'll just have to stick around for the episode and listen to this shit to find out. I'm looking forward to that. All right, so let's recap that last week of football that we just saw starting with college football, week two in the good old NCAA. On Saturday, we had a nice little lesson on the vagaries of sports betting. For example, if you were on Northern Illinois at home, getting ten and a half points against Utah, you had the ball down four points with just over two minutes left, driving down the field trying to win the game outright, only to give up a pick six and go down by 11 and lose by the hook. If you're on Oklahoma, laying 29 points at home against a UCLA team, pretty much just getting acclimated under their new coach, Chip Kelly, you saw Oklahoma pretty much name their score, make easy work of UCLA, going up 49-14, with a nice comfortable lead in the fourth quarter, only then to see UCLA backdoor you in garbage time. They converted on a fourth and six with about three minutes and change, so... Sometimes it just comes down to that, and you just have to accept the fact that whatever happens just the way things goes. It's part of the reason why we even watch sports in the first place, or all the crazy shit that happens. You always have to keep that in mind, and also remember that even when you have your money in good, I, I always like to use the poker analogy, once you push your chips in the middle, when the money's in good, you just got to accept the cards, however they're going to fall. And even at best, when you're laying that minus 110 on a typical pre-flop bet, at best, you're looking at a 40 to 45% chance of losing. Once you realize that and accept it, you can control those, those bad beats a little more. I mean, the, the bad bounces of the ball and all the random stuff that happens, that's out of your control. Um, but what you can't control is, is how you react to them. And you've got to realize that sports betting luck is merely just random fluctuations of probability. So to recap the doggy juice weekend... It wasn't the best Saturday in college football for me. I went down 3.975 units, but that wasn't that bad at all. Um, we're going to have weeks like that where we don't win. We went up really well in the first week. Um, but we had a great start to NFL week one, going up 12.375 units. It was a 2-3 and three start to the Super Contest, which is not ideal, but it's also not that bad. You really just want to avoid those 0-5, 1-4 and, 5, 1 and 4 weeks. You really want to just strive for three and two every week with the occasional four and one. And I'm really confident that we'll be able to do that. We'll do better. And for all my plays, I am going to post all of my cards for each week on Twitter and Instagram in the future. I'm going to do that just so you could see the plays I was on. And I'll try and do them as early as I can. Uh, but understand that a lot of my plays and an ever increasing percentage of what I like to bet are not your typical pre-flop standard against the spread minus 110 on each side bets that's i feel like that's the way that we've traditionally been taught to bet and it's fine to bet that way but i'm embracing the future and when you look at the european model and the way they bet it's a lot more live betting and derivative driven so i feel like just only allowing yourself to bet those pre-flop before the game starts, minus 110 side bets, if you're only allowing yourself to do that, you're going to be stuck in the Stone Age because in a few years, it's going to be different here in the States. I'm very convinced of that. And that's what I'm going to get to now. We're going to talk about a little bit of my own betting philosophy and what I view as the future of sports betting in America. I treat sports betting exactly like the stock market because they're both essentially the same. Both are shaped by the perceptions of those involved with the market. And in sports betting, to win, you not only need to be right, but the market needs to be wrong. So if you have a good handicap on a game, that's great, but if the market is thinking the same thing, or if the market is pricing it the same way, then you're not getting any edge over the market. You're simply a part of shaping it, and you're not going to find any value in betting that line. And like I've said before, markets are very efficient, just like Sports betting is just like normal Wall Street markets. And and in higher profile, bigger games, when there are more people shaping the market, it's even more difficult to gain an edge. And typically, the converse of that, the smaller profile games, offer more of an opportunity to to gain an edge and attack softer lines because there's less people, in theory, shaping that market. Like I've said before, it is all about the numbers. It's a numbers game. And like Jimmy Vaccaro said, the, the Vegas odds maker, Joe's bet teams, pros bet numbers, that could not be more true. So, for example, if the Bears this week, the Bears on Monday Night Football, maybe want to lay the three points, lay minus three with the Bears against the Seahawks. But you have to have a number in mind where you do a take back on the Seahawks, perhaps plus ten. So at minus three, you bet the Bears. Plus seven, plus ten, you look at the Seahawks. You have to get out of that... Mindset where you just want to take a team and actually consider the numbers involved because being able to read and predict the market in sports betting is everything. And what I do is I set up a, a portfolio, uh, to use the term, every day based off my own market strategy, and I go from there. So for an example, a nice little market lesson from this past weekend, my biggest success came from that Steelers-Browns game with the total. Um, I was able to get ahead of the market and lock down under 46, under 45. And that line cratered based off the weather forecast and the on Bell situation. And as more news got out on, on the weather and the line dropped and, and the number closed at about 41 and 40. And I was able to get over 40 for about one third of my original wager. And the game landed 42. So I won both bets. A similar situation almost happened in the, the Colts-Bengals game. Um, I was on Bengals plus three. I think a, a lot of people realized that that line was a little little high. The Colts should have been laying three points to so the Bengals. A lot of sharps came in on the Bengals. And that game closed either pick or Colts Colts even plus one. So I played back a little bit of that wager on the Colts pick just to win the game. And so I was sitting with Cincinnati, the Bengals plus three, Colts at pick And midway through the fourth quarter, the Bengals were up by one, and the Colts could have won the game by two with a field goal. It didn't work out. That game was very close to landing in that sweet spot. But if it did, we would have won both bets. So these market opportunities are there, and it's what you should be looking out for, especially in the future as it gets more mainstream. So that's a piece of advice there. But let's move on now to NFL Week 2 and NCAA Week 3. Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. College football is tough this week because the main story is all about Hurricane Florence on the East Coast. A few games have already been canceled and a few more probably will be. And this also, unfortunately, might kill some of your season win total bets. That's That varies book by book, but oftentimes if the team does not play their full schedule, books will not honor bets. So you'll just get a refund. And that like I said varies by book so I really urge you to check the fine print on your tickets whenever you make a bet. Um, I know in baseball usually books have a 160 game rule so if 160 games have been played they will honor season win total bets but for football since there's you know teams only play 12 game schedule um, if they don't play one of their games books typically refund bets. I know some books do some most don't though so always check that and in terms of the weather, Um, back to the market opportunity thing that i was talking about before this is your chance if you're an amateur meteorologist and you could forecast this stuff you could have been able to get on some of these totals before they dropped 10 to 12 even more points set yourself up for a middle so there is market opportunity with weather and sports betting and you really can get ahead of it and that was a prime example of that was this week with the hurricane on the east coast Um, In terms of actual games, there's nothing numbers-wise that really jumps off the page for me this week, or nothing that I'm going to share on here at least, but later on in the week I will. Um, I'm taking a look at Syracuse plus three at home right now. The the numbers say that that's about where the line should be, but I personally think that Florida State has kind of just quit, and they're a good fade team for the rest of the year because I'm just not liking what I'm seeing out of that team at all. So in the NFL this week, it is overreaction time for some. It's even better next week in my opinion, but my strategy this week after week one is to look at underrated 0-1 teams and overrated 1-0 teams, especially when they're playing each other. So looking at the card this week, there's a few games that I like and not necessarily using that, that way of thinking, but there's three games in particular that I've already gotten into play on and I'll, I'm going to share them with you right now. The first one is the Steelers minus four at home against the Chiefs, and this one might even close at minus three and a half or even minus three. And there's a few reasons why I like this one. The first one, the most important reason being the power rating difference between the two teams. This is this is basically saying that they're they're equal teams or the Steelers are about a point better, with home field being worth about three points there at Heinz Field. Um, I, I think that's an overreaction, especially when, when you consider that Andy Reid is notoriously fantastic against the spread with time to prepare if you look at his numbers against the spread coming off a bye week or even in the first game of a season when he has months to prepare it's they're very eye-popping and the Chiefs look great last week but I think that there's a power ratings overreaction here in, in play and when you look at my second factor is Big Ben's home road splits you should not ignore those at all he just tends to perform very well at home and so-so, very iffy on the road. And when you look at last week against the Browns, the Steelers were minus five in turnovers. The Browns were plus five in turnovers, and yet the Steelers had a 21-7 lead halfway through the fourth quarter. They ended up tying the game, but the Steelers were, they had, they were minus five in the turnover uh, margin. So that's another factor you have to keep in mind. And my final factor is the Kansas City travel they played on the West Coast last week and have to play on the East Coast this week. That's a lot of travel, and that typically has some worth to the line, and I, I think it does in this instance as well. Um, my main worry is that the Le'Veon Bell situation can distract the Steelers, but I'm going to be keeping tabs on that. But I, I tend to think that Tomlin, when when Mike Tomlin has his team focused at home, especially coming off a loss, they are very capable of blowing out teams, and I think this is a situation where the Steelers can cover the the four points if they come out and they're playing motivated, which I expect. The second game that I like is the Colts on the road against the Redskins, and this this one might be impacted by the hurricane. Um, It's at least going to be in some way, just a matter of how much, but I'm seeing Colts plus six, and I was actually able to lock down on one of my outs a plus seven at minus 125, which I think was just incredible value. Going into last week, I had the Colts power-rated about a half point better than the Redskins, so which means they've been favored on a neutral field. But since the Redskins are at home, you got to give three points for them there. But this line's saying that they're about three to four points better than than the Colts, and I think that's just a classic um, overreaction on the upgrading of the Redskins from last week. I, so I'm going to gladly take that that value of the two to three four points of value there with the Colts at plus seven. So if you can get that, that I would definitely recommend a wager on the Colts at plus seven. And the final one that I like is actually the hometown Chicago Bears at minus three at home on Monday night against the Seahawks. I think this this line says that these are equal teams, but I can't think of a, a better example of two teams trending in the opposite direction. Um, and you can basically pin that down to the fact that Russell Wilson finally got paid, the Seahawks are no longer paying him under his initial rookie deal. He's, he's, he's more expensive now, and for some reason they're not putting any money towards that offensive line, and they have less money to go around because they're paying Russell Wilson. The Bears, on the flip side, have that rookie quarterback. They're following the same model. They got Trubisky cheap. They've, they've paid Mac a lot of money, but they're able to sur- surround Trubisky this offseason. You saw the Bears go out and get all those skill players, um, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, so I think this is a situation, the Bears laying three at home is a really good spot to take them. I think that at the end of the season, we're going to look at these teams and, and really think like, oh my gosh, the Bears are laying three at home on a Monday night against the Seahawks. That was a gift at the time. Uh, the other one I do like, um, I, I do like the Saints to turn it around this week in week two at home against the Browns, but they're, they're laying a hefty price at minus eight and a half. But I do like them as a teaser candidate this week. If you listen back to the Doggy Juice Ten Commandments in the first podcast, I recommend teasing through the key numbers of seven and three, and this is a situation where you can probably do it still with the saints. At eight and a half, tease them down to two and a half on a six-point teaser. You cross through those key numbers. So we have now reached the end of the podcast, which means I am going to share with you my special announcement that I plugged at the beginning of the episode. So here's the deal. I've been thinking this through, and... What I'm going to do is every week during the NFL season, so we have 16 weeks left, I'm going to post the NFL Super Contest lines, or at least the Super Contest that I take part in. I'm going to post those lines on my Twitter and Instagram every week, usually by Thursday afternoon. Today might be the exception because it's the first week. But I'm going to post those lines, and in this podcast I'm going to give you some sort of clue or question. And there's not going to be a right or wrong answer to that question, but if you reply to the Twitter or Instagram post and you can even text or email me if you want. If you know me, if you text me, email me, Twitter, Instagram with your top 5 plays against the spread and your predicted total score for the Monday Night Football game. If anyone goes 5 and 0 on your picks, I will Venmo you $25. And in the off chance that more than one person goes 5 and 0, I will use the Monday Night Football total score, your total predicted score tiebreaker to award the 25 person to whoever came closest so if you go five and zero, you get a venmo this is a promotion if you want to view it that way a doggy juice promotion but i'm going to do that for the next 16 weeks so nothing to lose just give me your top five plays against the spread according to those super contest lines and i will give you 25 bucks if you go five and zero. so again just to recap it i'll post the super contest lines for each game I'm going to have those up by Thursday afternoon. Today might be the exception. I'm going to try. Um, but you choose your five favorites against the spread, and if you go 5-0, and o, I'll send you a $25 prize. Just include your predicted total from the Monday night game for, with the picks and answer the question that I ask in the podcast and send it my way however you want. So that's, that's exciting stuff. I hope somebody wins soon. So that's it. That's the end of another episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. I will be back on Friday or Saturday morning, most likely Saturday morning this week, with some picks. We'll look at some line moves, and I will also get you my super contest plays on the podcast. So that's it. We'll have some guests coming up soon. I have some guys lined up already, and I'm really looking forward to bringing some dudes on just so you can hear different perspectives on sports betting because I I just want to be inclusive and include as many people as I can. It's going to be lots of fun. So just remember to get in your top five picks. If you go 5 and 0, oh, you'll have some nice beer money for for next weekend. All right, so that'll do it. Doggy juice out.